Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to the Dead Parent Club for season four with me, Emma Jones. And me, Kat Hooker. And today we are discussing one of our favourite sort of processing tools that both Emma and I have used throughout our sort of grieving journey, which is writing. And we know it's something that a lot of people in the community benefit from as well. So we're going to do a whole episode focus on this today, how we benefit from it. And we're going to share some of examples of the pieces that we've written ourselves with you as well. So welcome along to the Dead Parent Club podcast. I guess the first place to start, Kat, is how do you find writing? What does it do for you? I feel like it's one of those things that I picked up on quite early on when I was when I was grieving. I think it wasn't something that I did straight away, but after sort of getting some cognitive behavioural therapy and that kind of thing where they kind of teach you to write down what you're feeling at the end of the night I think that's kind of how I got into it a little bit more and like kind of emptying my brain before I went to sleep because I think a lot of people really struggle to sleep when you're kind of in the midst of grief so I used it then but then it definitely sort of transformed itself into more of a creative outlet I think because sometimes you just don't really have the words to say or like I don't really want to sort of write my mum a letter or write a sort of diary entry I just kind of want to say what I need to say without it coming across as too dark. So I kind of use like a poetry kind of angle for it, I think, or a storytelling sort of angle for it. Um, But I think that's definitely been something that I definitely lean on when things are getting tough or on year anniversaries and that kind of thing. What about you? Um, Just before that, had you written previously, prior to your mum passing away... Did you, were you a writer? To be fair, I used to come home from primary school and I'd have like an ongoing novel on like, you know, those like massive computers you used yes. to have. I used to get home and I can, and like, it was kind of like a spin off of like the one, you know, the books that like Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, but the prequel to all yes. of those ones. It's like a spin off from one of them, like set in the same era. And I'd come home and I'd write like story after story after story I loved it oh yeah. my god amazing how old yeah. were you when you I were must writing have been this? like 10 <laughs> I really how, wish how I did you not decent. get a deal yeah. <laughs> I bet it is decent I wish I could get it now we need to but... dig that out and dedicate an episode <laughs> to that alone the whole novel <laughs> yeah but I feel like I feel like it's something that I definitely lost touch with as you get older and then really lent on it again mm. um later on down the line but I think both of us have got relatively sort of creative sides from like what you've done for work and how you got to that place and stuff 
Yeah, I've always enjoyed writing. Mm. And for me, even like you in childhood, it was a, an outlet for me. Yeah. Um, and it very quickly became something that I realised came quite easy to me. Something I enjoyed doing and something that allowed me to say the things that I maybe felt I couldldn't say mm -hmm. in a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, and even now to a degree, a lot of my writing I just do for me. It's not for anyone else to see it. Yeah. It's something I find comfort and find quite comforting and find quite therapeutic. Yeah, massively. So did you start doing it straight away after? Well, you, you were saying before, even when your mum was dying, you used it as an outlet, didn't you? Well, I remember when my mum came home to basically say that she was poorly again. And I didn't know how to articulate how I felt. So I ran mm. away to the park. I ran out of the house into the park. Not doing uh, yeah. No fucking pen in hand. Yeah. My poor mum has just got the devastating Aww. news that she's terminally ill and then her daughter runs away from home yeah. in the same day. I rang my friend and um, I think she actually said, you know, how about just writing down how you feel and then giving it That's to your so mum. That's so mature at that age. You're not kidding. I would never have thought of that. No, <laughs> like, shout out to Claire. Um, you're ahead of the time. Um, so I wrote down how I felt and said, like, I don't remember exactly because it's years ago now, but I love you so much. I'm, mm -hmm. uh, it's just that I don't know how to deal with this. Um, and then when I realised myself uh, about five days before my mum was going to die, that she was actually going to die, that same friend then said, because I said, I, I don't know how to say to her what I want to mm -hmm. say because all I'll do is cry. And she, again, said, why don't you write it down? So I went up to my room and uh, I don't actually know how I found the strength to do that because it's one thing writing when there isn't um, a pressure on it. But when the weight of the emotion is that heavy because I know she's yeah. dying imminently, I actually don't know how I physically put pen to paper. Yeah. Um, but I did, I wrote for her, to her, told her how wonderful she was, how grateful I was. Um, how long was it love. in the end? Did you end up just literally just going and going and Yeah, going? I think it was about two and a half pages. Wow, yeah. And... Um, even when she'd kind of lapsed into unconsciousness, I used to just sit at the end of her bed and read this to her because it brought me comfort knowing that it summed up how I felt and maybe yeah. she might be able to hear it. And we actually ended up, I, I buried it with her. I put it in her hands um, in the coffin. So again, I took great comfort in that and so did, did your mum get a chance to read that while she was still sort of semi-conscious she heard it yeah because I did it I wrote it five days before she died yeah. she was still awake then um so I used to take it to the hospital with me and get the piece of paper out and read it yeah. so and my mum was an English teacher and loved writing so she'll have appreciated it even from that point of view yeah. um but I think she'll have appreciated more the heart that was in it and she knew what pain I was in mm. um but yes, I think I'm a great advocate for writing. I know that you are too. I think it allows us to express our pain in a way that um, as human beings, we can often feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel I have, I've even used it in a way to actually bring myself back to the positive memories as well. Because I feel like sometimes those are really hard to grab hold of because your experience of what's happened has been so traumatic and negative. Like it can, sometimes I'm like, I can't actually remember some of these really wonderful moments we've got together. So I've also got a book at home where I try and like whenever I remember something, I'll have a, have some sort of flashback of an occasion that was happy and positive. I try and get the book out and write it down so that I've got something to refer back to mm. and remember it again. Because you are, you're kind of wrapped up in all this negativity, aren't you? So I think even using it as a way to remember the positive things can be super helpful. That's lovely. I've never thought of that. 
Yeah, well, our memories just, as we get older, they're just harder and harder to grab hold of. And I hate it. I hate mm. the fact that there's nothing that I can tangible that I can just be like, right, rewind, rewind, yeah. play. Check, yes. <laughs> it's so annoying. Oh, that would be great if we could do it that. It would be. Um, but that's lovely. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to start doing that, actually. I would, yeah, I would recommend. And, I and really I, would. I do think that you get to a certain age, kind of like you touched on earlier, Kat, where writing just doesn't seem to be something you give the time to. You get caught up in either... Um, college, work, uni, mm. um, and then you've got to feed yourself, socialise. You know, we mm. live in a world where everything's online now anyway. How many people actually write with a pen on yeah. a day-to-day basis? Yeah. And it's something that I think you really, if you want to do it, you have to... Um, you have to put your mind into that space where yeah. you go, I am going to do this yeah, and channel that. Um, but also it's something that I don't think you should pressure yourself into doing. You know, if, yeah. you've, if you said to yourself, I'm going to write once a week about my parent or something and how I'm feeling. Yeah, so straight, like, yeah don't put that pressure on yourself. Mm. Just allow yourself to kind of do it when you feel it, it, it coming to you. Yeah. And honestly, it really does help. It really depends on the type of writing you want to do as well. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, journaling. Like, I don't want to just sit down and write about my emotions and how I feel. Because I think it can be really hard to get into that that space. Like, I'm a massive advocate of daily journaling. But I've, I think over the last couple of months, I think I've t- just had so much going on in the brain. And then so much that I'm like, you should be really thankful for all of this kind of thing. Like, I haven't been able to sort of sit and actually process emotions very well. But if somebody sat, sat me down with a piece of paper and said, like, write a poem or write kind of metaphorically about how you're feeling I'd probably find it a lot easier mm. and that tends to be the route the route that I go down like I will picture grief as like a dark cloud rather than like something really physically painful that other people would find uncomfortable to read I can mm. kind of try and spin it in a way that people can relate to mm. I suppose so yeah. I think that's when there are some t- so there are some times when I like sharing what I've written because I want people to understand how it how it feels in a way that is more accessible to them than me just writing a like a, in a journal or like a like a letter kind of format that I probably wouldn't have shared otherwise no I understand that and also I do think there is an element of in writing, you can share so much vulnerability that you might just want to keep it for yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think you can write, like you said, positively about mm-hmm. those memories. Or if you want to, like I know a lot of my writing, for example, around anniversaries and stuff, I have to mentally prepare for it because it takes me to a place that I know it's really good to check into that place. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm going to feel a bit heavy for a few hours after. Yeah. But I kind of re- compare that to when you feel like you need to cry how much better you feel mm. after crying. Once you've got the tears out, you feel like a weight's been lifted. Yeah. So when I write about how I really feel, um, that's how I feel afterwards. I feel a, a little bit lighter. Yeah, and I think people also say to do it as a way if you had a um, like a difficult relationship with the person that's died, or even if you have a difficult relationship with people that you're looking to to support you, but they're not providing you with that support, people suggest writing down like a letter that you would give them, but you don't, obviously, you just, you don't give it to them. You you burn Mm. it, you rip it up or something. But actually writing down how you're feeling in a way is is like an outlet and putting it away, burning it can be really ritualistic. Mm. And I found that, I I know a lot of people that have done things like that before that haven't lost anybody, but they have a difficult relationship with their dad or their mum. So they've done that to try and process their emotions and then, yeah. 
I mean, there's a reason why it's one of the things that therapists often ask you to do mm. because of that. Exactly what you said. It's an outlet, isn't it? It's it's a place to pen your feelings where if you feel that you're not being heard or that people don't understand, it's almost like treating yourself like your own friend. Like yeah. let that paper be your friend. Yeah. And then you might read it back. And I've done this before. You probably have. Read something back from even eight years ago and go... Oh God, that's how I felt then. Yeah. And then you remember that feeling. Yeah. I actually got I got this email that comes through to my account all the time that just triggers me so much. There's this online journal thing called Penzu or something, and you can like write on it's just like a secure online journal. And I've I've I only must have only written it about two or three times, but it was when I was in like a proper pickle in my head a few years ago. It wasn't even really about my mum, it was just about life and I was like kind of put down all of these thoughts and feelings onto this um into this journal but then like every sort of four weeks they email me like this is what you wrote on the 3rd of June 2019 and I'm like can you please yeah. go away stop this stop triggering me with this I really just need to unsubscribe but it reminds me of this email coming up like on Penzi you wrote on the 3rd of June 2019 you were deeply unhappy yeah. <laughs> it's like piss off don't let me read it <laughs> um, I do think overall, though, writing is an extremely positive thing. It's not for everybody. No. Um, for some people, it might be, you know, it's talking. It can be a combination of things. But if you feel compelled to do so, it certainly has its place. Mm. Do you have, like, a certain place where you like to go to do it? Or do you just quite like just being at home? Uh, uh, just at home. I have to yeah. be at home in complete quiet on my own. What about mm. you? I'm probably quite similar. I'd, I'm usually it's really late at night for me it's definitely something where like it's a it's a a can't sleep situation so I kind of I'll start writing then I think most of the time um because that is when I've that's how I started doing it and I think that's still when I find I feel my most creative or most in touch with my emotions because there's nothing distracting me I suppose Mm. at that time as well there's something lovely as well about when you do write you're getting honest with yourself it's like when you it's almost like your hand will take you yeah. and then you go, oh God, yeah, that is how I feel. Yeah, and facing things that you didn't want to face. Yeah. And then you read it and you're like, okay, well, I can see this now. I can see how I feel. Mm. What do I need to do? Do I need to do nothing mm. with this or do I need to act on this? Yeah. And that's a positive place to be. Do you have people around you that use it in their kind of day-to-day lives? Like anybody that journals and stuff? Um, Not necessarily that I know of in their day-to-day lives, mm. but I know that... Um, one thing I like to do with the people around me is occasionally if I've been on a bit of a if I've been thinking a lot about Mm. things I will say I've written something kind of read it to you rather than say oh for the past three weeks I've felt I find it easier to say I wrote this and then it kind of sums up how I feel to the people around me it's not very often I do it because um I find it uncomfortable. Yeah. But when I do... Laying your heart on the table. Yeah. Mm. But when I do, the feedback is often really nice. Like, mm. people want to be there for you. What about you? Do you have people around you that journal? My stuff? partner does, actually. Mm. Yeah, my boyfriend does quite quite a lot. And I can always tell when he, when he hasn't... Like, he'll laugh at me saying that. But, like, I can always tell when he's checked in with himself. Why? I just feel like we, we live our lives in such a sort of chaotic manner all the time and like never really figuring out what we want to do like with our days or anything. And like for him, I don't think he'll mind me saying it, but like when he hasn't done it, he's just a bit more sort of here, there and everywhere. Like his like priorities or his thought processes aren't aligned and he's not kind of prioritising himself, like doing mm. the things that he should do to make himself the best version of himself possible. Because mm. um, I think you like it is like a checking thing and you can put off 
you can put off negative emotions or how you're feeling about yourself for so long by just avoiding it. But when you actually have to sit down and write, you really have to face it head on. It and it does help. It's something you and I have spoken about being high functioning grievers as well. Mm means that as a rule we don't really stop and I think yeah. when you sit and write at the, a lot of the time I won't sit just and I can't do nothing my yeah, mind won't allow me yeah. but actually to sit and write and to take a what seems like a backward step to move forward mm. is the closest to sitting still that I get yeah yeah I completely resonate with that absolutely because at least I'm still doing something yeah I'm proactive <laughs> I'm, I'm being, being productive, productive. I'm yeah I'm just sitting well in how I'm feeling <laughs> um on that I know that you've written a few things and if yeah. you do feel comfortable I would ask you to share them with us but if you don't it's not a problem yeah well I've got two things actually to be fair that I've got one is actually from like less than I think a year after she died so mm. you're talking about six years ago now and then Another one is something that I wrote maybe a year ago. So it kind of shows maybe like two different types of ways that I've written before. Um, so the first one was shortly after your mum had died. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. this is like the year anniversary. I need to get myself in the space to hear this. Go on. Oh, my God. I get really... <laughs> I haven't read this out in so okay. long. Right. <laughs> Composure. Do you get nervous? Because I do. Like, I'm not a nervous person, but when I have to read anything I've yeah, written... Yeah, a little bit, I suppose. I get a twitchy bum. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no crowning. <laughs> uh, right. Right. She was full of so much love for every single person in her life. You could see it in her eyes when she spoke to me, my brothers, her mother, her sisters, her brother, and more than anyone, my dad. Love is the one thing she gave unconditionally, the one thing you could always rely on to make you feel better at the end of a hard day. And this is how I will, and this is how I will remember her and how she will live on in me. The love that I feel for others is a reflection of the love that she showed towards me, even on my most troubled days. Sometimes you feel as though because someone is no longer there with you physically, it means that they are not there at all. I've spent a lot of my time in the last couple of months shooting people down whilst they're trying to comfort me. In particular, when they say things like, she's still here with you and she won't ever leave you. The bottom line is, she isn't here with me and she never will be again. But you must know this, they are inside you, in your heart and in everything that you do. You are who you are because of this person and you think the way you think because of them. They are with you. The way that you feel so deeply towards your loved ones. The way in which, when you see someone struggling alone or in pain, your heart wretches. The way that when you look towards the sun on a beautifully bright day, you feel joy and yet sorrow in your heart because the heat of the sun on your skin reminds you of the feel of their embrace. They are with you through the ways in which you show love. That is them. That is her. My mother, the most magical person I'll ever know. I have the pleasure of taking her everywhere I go and I pray she watches over me. <laughs> I was only like 21 when I, when I wrote that. It makes you feel... It's it's. And I think it's weird kind of thinking, thinking back to who I was at that point and I was still so angry, I, I was still so angry about it, but I could like take myself away from it and be like, she isn't here, but she, I am mm. her. You know, when you read that, do you remember how you felt? Then? Oh yeah, massively. Feel that I think I still, I think I still feel, that's probably the one thing that's kept me going really in a way and like, I think I really. <laughs> because like I feel like that will be an even more physical manifestation of the fact that she's mm. still here yeah in one way or another um and I do I kind of pride myself on the fact that like 
I love people so much and it's because she loved she was able to love me so much so how lucky am I that you feel so deeply yeah 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 um and look we talk about this stark reality of death so much on this podcast mm. and we do tend to avoid like sort of talking too optimistically because we don't want you if you're feeling like shit to think oh it's all right it's all rainbows and sunshine yeah. but there actually is a lot in that you said something in there about like she kind of lives on through you she is you yeah and I find that really comforting yeah. when I think like that, that actually we are physically, genetically made up of them. Yeah. And that's quite a reassuring thing to think about. It is. And the way that they brought you up and like the impact that, sh that your mum had on you, like, and you get it all the time. People say that you remind them so much of your mum. Mm. I think it's just the nicest the nicest thing. It's a ever. huge compliment. It feels huge. lovely because like, you feel close. Yeah, you feel close to them, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And then the second piece that you're going to read was um, quite recently. I would say probably a year, mm. year and a half ago, maybe. Um, it's a lot shorter. It's more of like a sort of poetry kind of thing. But um, it says, my grief has no time limits. It won't be controlled by what society deems to be acceptable. I have grown comfortable with the fact that this is very much a part of my identity now. It sits with me as I watch TV or do the dishes and it creeps up on me even in my most happiest of moments. Sometimes it clouds my entire day or even week, but there is sunshine too. Grief is not temporary. It's an everlasting companion and it is a reminder that I was so very loved. Wow. Do you know what's beautiful about that is it encompasses all the emotions that you feel. Yeah. That it, it doesn't go yeah. away. And actually, even hearing those two pieces of writing... They're both very similar, but... But, but you, it's clear that you have almost... You've learned more things yeah. since that. Like, you've clearly sat with your grief for longer in the second yeah. piece. That's how it feels when you read it. Yeah. Like, God, it is. It's a journey, isn't yeah. it? And, like, you kind of know that you're like, yeah, it is. It's part here. of me. It's, it's part of me. I'm not going to get rid of it. There's a level of acceptance, particularly in that second piece, yeah. that this is who I am. Yeah. And again, with the same kind of similar to the first piece, you can embrace the the sunshine and, mm. and enjoy life, but it is going to sit with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, don't know, I kind of hope that other people hear things like that and they can be like, oh, I know that I'm not going to feel this horrific mm. forever. Because I think there's like an element of sort of like anger and bitterness in the first piece, even though it's still... You know, I, I see the positive side of it as well. But I think, yeah, that second piece is a lot more just like, this is just the reality of it. But I'm okay with that. That second like, piece mm. is the kind of thing that if I was scrolling on Instagram, I'd stop and read it and relate. Yeah. I mean, I spend my life, I love a quote. <laughs> love, love a quote. A quote. <laughs> my Instagram, like, discovery thing, I know other people, it's just like, mine's just like deep, meaningful quotes. Yeah, do you know, mine is, <laughs> fluffy puppies, um, cute little babies yeah. and, and deep meaningful quotes yeah. that is my discovery it's floor so, page it's or whatever so it is other people's like fashion yeah <laughs> I'm like give me something I might cry to yeah <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Thank you, Kat, because you've obviously written those things when. You weren't necessarily feeling in a very comfortable place. Mm. Um, it's evident in both of the pieces that your mind was thinking quite deeply. And you, like we always say, you share the most vulnerable parts of yourself so often. And we are so grateful for that. Thank you. No, it's, it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to share that kind of thing, to be fair, I think. And I think if it helps anybody else and for them to sit down and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to give that a go and try and kind of describe how I'm feeling in a way that I might not always be comfortable with, then that would be what it's, what it's there for. I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And yeah. that's the thing that writing can really help you with. I think that's grief as well. Yeah. It's literally, you spend your life trying to get comfortable with yeah. being uncomfortable because nothing feels the same. That's so true. That's actually really true. And that's probably yeah. why grief and writing are so aligned in terms mm. of how beneficial it can be because it is exploring those uncomfortable feelings that allow you to express yourself. And ultimately, often it can really help you find a space in your mind where you're more aware of what it is that you need. Yeah, massively. And I think us being able to share this, I don't know, Hopefully it'll be helpful to those that are listening. So we'd love to hear yours. Right, well, have you got half an hour? Because we might be here for <laughs> a while. Settling, settling for a story time. This was actually written on my mum's anniversary this year. Wow. So I might Super get upset. Recent. Yeah, because it this is like really heartfelt for so me. So let's bring this back though, because how many years has it been now? 15 years. So it just goes to show, you know, like 15 years later, like this can be useful, but also don't knock yourself if you're still feeling these emotions do you know what i found and i don't know about you cat but the longer my grief goes on it doesn't get any less but the the frequency that i find myself exploring it or feeling it a, a low with it mm. it's nowhere near the amount it used to be absolutely yeah and so i was actually quite taken aback on my mum's anniversary this year just gone with how sad I felt because like the intensity yes of it. because but it's maybe because I'm so used to living with my grief yeah. that actually it's only on those days where I'm really forced to acknowledge it mm -hmm. that I go oh yeah that did happen mm -hmm. my partner always says to me like you don't cry very often I used to be a, a crier a lot to be fair now I think I have I've hardened a little bit because I'm so used to the feeling mm. those emotions but when they do come Christ, do they come. They really come. And it's like yeah. a wave. It takes over you. And that's yeah. how I felt when I wrote this, which is why, genuinely, I'm sorry if I cry because oh, no. it is so pertinent yeah. for how so I felt. so recent. Yeah. yeah, and I actually cried when I wrote it. Yeah. That's because I was really in my feelings, which is no bad thing, and crying's mm -hmm. no bad thing. It's just that I'm not really used to doing that with three cameras on me. So, <laughs> <clears throat> are you ready? Sometimes, a lot, I just want to call you mum. I just want to remember how your voice sounds and get familiar with the things you say. It all got lost along the way. And I just want to remember how it feels to see you smile. It's been such a while. <sighs> 15 years without you. It's gone so quick and you taught me how to be a respectful and decent human being. But you're not here to reap the beauty of seeing all your hard work come to fruition. 
I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. I'll start a bit again. You don't need to start it again. 15 years without you, it's gone so quick and you taught me how to be a respectful and decent human being. But you're not here to reap the beauty of seeing all your hard work come to fruition, the years of labour, of love and tuition. And I grieve for the grandchildren you'll never know. And they know your name, but you won't see them grow. And they won't get wrapped up in a grandmother's love. They'll just speak your name and look up above. And I grieve your pain and the years of strife. My God, you deserved an easier life. I miss the woman I'll never know because our relationship would change if we had the chance to grow. I've forgotten your laugh and that kills me the most. And I miss the letters made out to you in the post. They all say you were special and that twinkle in your eye was so infectious it could never die. But you did die, Mum, and that hurts like hell. And my brain's forgotten so much. But that doesn't work well. Because I want to remember all of our fun and even the bad times, I'd take them on. Just to hear an echo of you saying my name. But I cannot hear it and I live with that pain. Sorry. There's grainy camera footage of you back in the day. But I want to see the mum I knew so that I can say, yeah, I am like her and I'd make her proud. I'm impatient and impulsive and yes, I am loud. But I want you to look me straight in the eye and say, my daughter, I did not die. It was all a bad dream and in five hours I'll be back and I can breathe the relief, not have an anxiety attack. But it's the opposite, Mum. My nightmare came true. You really did get taken and I live without you. I feel like I've lived a new life since you died. I've held myself when I've sat and cried. I wonder if I'd be different if you were here. Would I be more than I am if I wasn't wrapped up in fear? Because losing you is the hardest lesson. And Mum, I'm sorry, I have a confession. I am happy and I enjoy myself and sometimes that plays with my mental health because I felt such darkness after you'd gone. The fairy tales were such a con. But mum, I'm trying to change my story so that I can live my life in all its glory. Wherever, I, wherever you are, I know you probably can't hear, but these days I'm trying not to live in fear because I realise so much is out of my control and what worse can happen than this massive hole? that you left all those years ago in my heart. Mum, I know that we're far apart. But if you are out there carrying this pain, please know that you should feel no shame. You wanted to be here and you kept it all in. And Mum, I don't know how strong I'd have been. I hope the light cancels out the dark. And Mum, I hope you can finally start to relax into whatever world you're a part of and knowing you, you'll be the mm -hmm. heart of. And if that world doesn't exist, well, it does in my mind. And I see you dancing there from time to time. And whatever helps, Mum, I know you'd want me to do if it makes me feel 1% closer to you. I'm so sorry. Is. You don't apologise. That's um, like the most... Vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I've ever yeah. felt. And, um, like, I'm cringing at myself. Don't <laughs> be crying, but you know when you're like... absolutely stunning. It's, um, like, that for me was a reminder that those emotions are there. Yeah. They're still there. They still exist within me. In everything. And when I wrote it on mum's anniversary of her death, it was like beautiful and tragic because I was like, thank God I still feel so mm. deeply about this because I loved you so much and I still do. Yeah. But it was tragic because I was thinking differently than I did it when I just turned 18 because I was thinking about all the things that would have happened since and the things that she'll never see. You know, I have a niece and nephew who she'll never meet. She never did meet. And it offers me a different perspective now. Yeah. It's that bit about growing together as well that you missed out on mm. that I think a lot of people don't really understand is that, that change in relationship that you've, 
that you miss as as you got older. But as you were listening, as you were reading that then, like all the bits that came out about all the people that said like the twinkle in her eye and how much joy she brought people and the the bit about um wherever she's in, like she's dancing. I had like a vivid like image of your mum and my mum because they sound so similar. And my mum used to like hop on one foot when she got excited. I remember or, you saying yeah. that. And I can imagine, like I I can imagine them together. Like, yeah, and being in joy. It that, which is that's really nice actually to hear that because yeah, it's not often that you think when you think of death, it's not often that we actually sit and think about the fun side of their personalities yeah. and the things that they used to do. And yeah. like you say, our mums sound quite similar. So actually mm. thinking about that, like that is beautiful. Yeah, like laughing and carefree and in a similar way to how like your mum had such a hard time, like as did mine and I hope now. They're at peace. They're at peace and they're in joy and they're just... Getting everything they deserve. Happy. yeah. 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 Oh God. Thanks, Kat. That Thanks, was everyone. It, that was that was stunning. Well, that was like a really, really beautiful poem. It is not very often I get nervous because I talk for a living. But no. when Fussy. I am pardon, <laughs> Fussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead yeah. mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Can you imagine? I start crying at time I'm at a game. <laughs> this is just what I do now, guys. Um, thank you for allowing me to share it. Thank you so for thank sharing you. it. And Thank you for sharing your words. That was beautiful. And and if you have any words that you want to share with us, please do send them to us. Like, we love hearing from you. We do get tagged in some stuff on Instagram of people when they've kind of done their own writing, and I, I always see it, and it is wonderful so yeah if you ever do share anything as well online just tag us in it because i just love i love a relatable quote yes we do (laughs) we want to see you on our instagram explore page (laughs) put yourselves there um thank you thank you as always for joining us for the dead parent club podcast thank you for allowing us to be so open and honest and vulnerable Mm. with you and thank you for returning that because like kat says we do see so much of what it is that you send and we're so grateful that you share this with us and that you come on the journey with us. Yeah, and if you do want to reach out, then the platform we use most is uh, Instagram and you can find us at Dead Parent Club Podcast or drop us an email at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. And I hope you found this episode, I don't know, it was a journey. It was, it really was a journey, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> see you soon. I promise there'll be no tears. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.